Okay, hallelujah. Our beautiful King, our Father, our King, Father, I thank you that you give us all ears to hear and hearts to receive. Father, I ask that you take hearts that are hardened, Father, and soften them, Father. Give them hearts of flesh, Father, to receive the truth of your word, Father. We just come against every lie of the enemy that would try to kill, steal, and destroy from your people, Father, what rightly belongs to them in the name of Yeshua. Hallelujah. The reason why, you know, there's a lot of good, good teaching out in the Messianic movement, but there's hardly any teaching about healing and deliverance and, you know, how to stand for your families in prayer and intercession, and we need this. We need, you know, we need the Torah. We need to know how to celebrate the feast, but we also know how to stand against the enemy when he tries to attack us. Because there's three areas he's going to try to attack you. That's your family, your health, and your finances. Because those are three things he knows that, it, that he can try to hinder your walk with him. We need to keep our house in order. We need to uh, keep our mouth in order. What are the words coming out of our mouth? We need to keep our finances in order. You know, because in all these, you know, I've been serving the Lord over 40 years, and I know those are the three main areas that he'll try to attack God's people. But we don't have to put up with it because we have his promises from the Tanakh, the Old Testament, all the way to the apostolic scriptures. His promises are there for healing. Hallelujah. But there's work that we have to do, too. We need to get into the Word. I'm using and recommend, really, this book. It's really an anointed book. It's from an old-time preacher. I tell you, I love some of these old-time preachers. You know, they may not have known about the Torah, but they were really teaching Torah principles. This is called Christ the Healer by F.F. F. Bosworth. He lived around the 1800s, late 1800s. You could actually, if you Google, I, Google it, I found a PDF file of it online because um, I don't know if it's still in print, but it has a lot of good, uh, a lot of information on healing, so I'm going to be sharing uh, some of that with you today. And I don't know if I'll get all the way through it, but do not allow the enemy to keep your minds focused. Do not allow the enemy, in the name of Yeshua, to have your mind start drifting now while I'm teaching, because this is serious business. Again, this is a matter of life and death. Okay? Focus on what is being said. That's why I really don't have the PowerPoint out because sometimes the PowerPoint can be a distraction because you're trying to write all the notes and you're not listening to what's coming. So don't worry, this will be on the podcast. I'm going to send you all the scriptures I'm using so you can stand on them yourself. Hallelujah. I'm just going to uh, read some quotes from this book, um, Christ the Healer. He says, Before people can have a steadfast faith for the healing of their body, they must be rid of all the uncertainty concerning God's will in that matter. Most people, the reason why they don't receive healing, because they're not sure it's God's will for them to be healed. Well, if they got into the Word, they find out, yes, it is. It's part, of, it's part of the atonement. It's part of your covenant. It was part of God's covenant promises for Israel. And if we have a better covenant in Messiah Yeshua because of His blood, how much more is it also part of the covenant? You know, God didn't have it here and then stop it. If we're grafted into Israel, healing is part of our covenant promises. Now, you know, a lot of times people will ask me to, you know, to agree in prayer for healing of a loved one that, that's maybe not saved. That's a hard, sometimes it's a hard thing to do because they're not in covenant. What we need to pray is for their salvation first. That their heart, that they would come to repentance and their heart would be open to the truth of Messiah. Then healing can come. 
because legally, according to the word, healing is only for the believer. It belongs to God's people. It is part, again, it's part of the covenant. And I'm going to sh show you and prove it to you by scripture. So, you know, we need to pray for, you know, the most important healing we receive is salvation. The salvation of our souls is the most important thing. But you need to know that, so that we have exceeding precious promises in the word that we can stand on. And our biggest battle is with the thoughts in our mind. The enemy's, you know, saying, you're going to die. You're not going to be healed. God's not going to heal you. That's a lie. It's got, let God's word be true and every man a liar. Hallelujah. Before attempting to exercise faith for healing, one needs to know what the scriptures plainly teach and that it's, it's just as much God's will to heal the body as it is to heal the soul. Look at Romans 10.17. If you need a Bible, we've got extra Bibles up here. You can grab one. Hallelujah. It says, so faith, in the Hebrew context, faith is trust. You can also say, so trust comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Messiah. Our trust comes through the word of Yahweh. If we're trying to believe God outside the word, we don't have a leg to stand on. We need to stand on the word. The same thing as Yeshua did. Romans 12, 2. Romans 12, 2. I urge you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And do not be conformed in this, by, in, by this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. God's will is always good, acceptable, and perfect. And we need to renew our mind. We need to get our thoughts in line with God's word. Because that's where your battle's going to be when it comes to standing for anything that you're standing for for God. You need to choose to believe God beyond everything that all the circumstances you're looking at. What was the sin that kept Israel, the one generation, from entering the promised land? They didn't believe God. They believed more of what they saw than what God said that they had. And it kept them from receiving the promise. You know, I don't know why everybody isn't healed, but I know that healing belongs to the child of God. And even some, you know, believers, they end up going to be with the Lord, but that's between them and God. Again, we need to stand against the teaching saying that, you know, God wants you sick. How many here that are parents, you want your kids sick? How many is here as parents, you want your kids to die of cancer? How much more our Heavenly Father does He want what's best for us. Amen. Why would we, you know, they, what here parent would break their child's arm and say, oh, it's God's will. Yeah, we accuse God of the same thing. You know, oh, God gave me this cancer. No, he didn't. The enemy brought the cancer on. We, know how, we need to know how to stand against it. Hallelujah. And God healed little Gamaliel, right? Amen. Yeah, look at him smiling. Amen. He smiled. Praise God. Out of the mouth of babes. If he could say amen, he'd say amen. 
we have to have the faith of a child. Because there's not one of us, and I'm not saying anything negative, that's not going to have to stand against, against sickness and, and disease sometime in our life. Because we live what, why, in a toxic world. You know, some of our food is toxic. The air is toxic. So we need to do everything we know to stand and walk in divine healing. The Word says that with a long life, He will satisfy us and show, his, show us His salvation. That word in salvation means deliverance, healing, peace, shalom, everything that Yeshua did for us. And we need to remind ourselves on this. There's many times I've had to stay on the word, but we, we don't want to wait till the last minute. You need to fill your heart with the word before you go into battle. Okay? Hallelujah. I'm just going to read some more um, quotes from this book because I think they'll bless you. And they'll encourage you. Before attempting to exercise faith for healing, one needs to know what the scriptures plainly teach that it's just as much, again, for God's will to heal the body as it is to heal the soul. That is part of the atonement. Yeshua said the word is a seed. It is a seed of divine life. Until the person seeking healing is sure from God's word that it is God's will to heal him, he is trying to reap a harvest where there is no seed planted. It would be impossible for a farmer to have faith for a harvest before he was sure the seed had been planted. You know, it's like saying, oh, I'm going to get a harvest. Well, did you plant any seed? No, but I know I'm going to have a harvest. It's like, no, you have to plant seed. It has to be watered. And God uses agricultural pictures to show us what faith is. So that seed is the word, and if we're going to uh, reap a harvest in our life, we have to put that word in our heart. Okay? Not just hear what somebody else is saying about the word, but get it into the word ourselves and getting it into our heart. Again, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. You are all personally responsible to get into the word yourself and get it into your heart. Our job is to encourage you, exhort you, show what the word says. But ultimately, you've got to get before the Lord. You've got to get into the Word, and you need to plant that seed in your heart. For each sick person to know that it is God's will to heal him, it is necessary for the seed to be planted in his mind and heart. It is not planted until it is known and received and trusted. No sinner can come, become a believer or part of Israel before he knows that it's God's will to save him. That's why we need to show a person the word and say, here, it's God's will to save you. You need to repent. It's the word that brings conviction in that person's heart. But until they hear that word, there's no conviction for them. There's nothing for them to put their faith in. We need to always give them the word. Before he knows that it's God's will, again, it is the word of God planted and watered and steadfastly trusted, which heals both soul and body. The seed must remain planted and be kept watered before it can produce its harvest. goes on to say, Praying for healing with faith-destroying words, if it be thy will, is not planting the seed. It is destroying the seed. If God already said it was his will, then you don't pray if it be thy will. You pray if it be thy will if you don't know. You know, if it's a gray area, maybe you're believe, you know, praying for a job. Well, there's nothing in the scripture that says, yeah, you're to work at this place. Then you pray if it be thy will. That's a prayer of, su of submission. You know, Father, you know, if it be your will for me to have this job or for be, you know, your will for me to, to go in this mission or, or whatever. 
Okay, but when we know it's his will, we can stand. God's already revealed what his will is. And again, healing is part of the covenant. And again, this is the area where the enemy tries to still kill and destroy because people just say, okay, it's God's will. No, it isn't. You know, how much more does the Father love us? You know, as parents, it's like we love our children. We do everything we can to protect them, to make sure that they eat right, to make sure that they're, they stay free from danger. If they're hurt, we bring them to the doctor. We make sure they're healed. Again, how much more does our Heavenly Father love us and wants the best for us? Yeshua said, if you be e being evil know how to give good things to your children, how much more the Heavenly Father can give you the Ruach HaKadosh, the Spirit. His love is far greater than any love the best parent in the world he has. <coughs> Neither the spiritual nor the physical phase of the gospel is to be applied by prayer alone. Seed is powerless until it is planted. Many, instead of saying, pray for me, should first say, teach me God's word so that I can intelligently cooperate for my recovery. We must know what the benefits of Calvary are before we can appropriate them by faith. David specifies, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. A lot of time when we come for prayer, we're, we're looking towards that person's faith to bring healing. Instead of standing, instead of what you should do, agree with me according to the word of God, that by his stripes I am healed. And we'll say, yes, we agree with you according to the word of God, that by, your, by his stripes you are healed. That's what we need us to, to stand on. You know, but God will meet us where we're at. If we're a new believer, you know, God's grace and mercy is so great, he'll meet us where we're at. But he also expects us to grow. You know, we don't expect little Gamiel to get up here and teach a sermon. One day he will. <laughs> Hallelujah. He'll be praising and worshiping. Hallelujah. And but right now, he's learning. He's growing. His parents are nurturing him and teaching him, you know, how to, you know, the, to grow and to, you know, uh, love God and how to, to function in life. But there comes a point where he re reaches the age of accountability in adulthood. His parents are expect him to start, you know, standing on his own and doing what he knows to do to get by in life. Hallelujah. Our purpose to have our body healed should be as, as definite as our purpose to have our soul healed. We should not ignore any part of the gospel or besor. Gospel means what? Good news. Our substitute both bore our sins and our sicknesses. Who's our substitute? Yeshua. That we might be delivered from our sins and sicknesses. Messiah's bearing of our sins and sickness is a, surely a valid reason for trusting him now for deliverance from both. When in prayer we definitely commit to God the forgiveness of our sins, we are to believe on the authority of his word that our prayer is heard. We are to do the same when praying for healing. Again, we pray in faith. I want somebody, if I'm going to ask somebody to pray, agree with my, my healing, I want to make sure that, they're, that they believe the word and they're going to pray in faith. Not, well, if it's your will, you know, heal her, but, you know, if you want her to die, okay. No, 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 don't, don't pray for me, then, you know. Pray what the word says. Agree with what the word says for me. Hallelujah. Between the time we definitely commit to God the healing of our body and the completion of our healing, we can and should learn one of the most valuable lessons of our Christian life, and that lesson is how to observe Hebrews 10, 35 to 36. So let's go to that. Again, healing is a process. 
A miracle is instantaneous. Hebrews uh, 10, 35 to 36. What did you say? I'm sorry. Hebrews 10, 35 to 36. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. For yet in a very little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. Talking about Yeshua's return. But my righteous one shall live by faith, and if, and if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. God expects his children to walk by faith and believe him and trust him. And in due time, as we're waiting for that manifestation, we're continually trusting him for that manifestation. Again, healing is a process. If we don't feel that, that healing is God's will, then why do we go to doctors? Why do we take vitamins? Why do we take medicine? Why are we so engrossed in, in you know, eating the right things and juicing and doing things that are going to be healthy to our body if you believe that God wants you sick, then you shouldn't be doing that. Because then you're against God's will. But you know that you know that God wants you healthy. Why? Because we have a job to do here. There's nothing more the end we would like to do is to cut off every believer from the face of the earth. Especially messianic, spirit-filled believers who are preaching the whole word of God. But the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through the pulling down of strongholds. God has already given us every victory, every equipment, weapon we need to be victorious in battle. Remember, Satan and all his demons are under your feet because they're under the feet of Yeshua. And the enemy likes to come in to intimidate, and one of the things he uses is fear. Fear, doubt, and unbelief. But he's a liar. And that's why we need to do our part, and we need to speak, boldly speak what that word says. By his stripes, I am healed. Father, maybe I don't feel the manifestation <coughs> right now, but it will come in Yeshua's name because your word is true. Let God be true in every man a liar and every, you know, uh, false symptom a lie. It takes boldness and tenacity to, and standing on his word and not accepting the lies of the enemy for his kingdom and his glory. And why? Because we have a job to do. Now, if you're through doing what God wants you to do and you want to go to be with him, you know, I believe that, that we are to run our course and that when we come to the end of our course, I don't believe it's God's will for us to die of cancer or some horrible disease. We should just be able to close our eyes and go to be with him. That's what happened to Moses. He didn't die of any disease. God just took him to be with him. Hallelujah. God's promises work their wonders while we see and act on eternal realities, on his promises, his faithfulness, etc. As we refuse to be affected by temporal things to the contrary, God always fulfills his promises when he can get the right cooperation. He always accepts us and undertakes for us when we observe Mark 11:24 and again Hebrews 10:35 and 36, Psalm 91:16 says, "With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation." Now, who is God speaking to? Us. 
believers, just as it was his will for Israel to walk in healing and deliverance and health and protection. It's the same will for you today because you are his child, you are a part of Israel, and you have the covenants and promises as well. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He changes not. Let me read something. I want to read something very interesting in this book by, uh, again, this is another old time. This came around uh, 19 Dr. Lillian Yeoman. She was a physician. She, this book, probably about 1935, it came out. But she says something really interesting about blood. Hallelujah. We know the scripture says that the life is in the blood. All the sacrifices had to be a blood sacrifice. This is scientifically accurate and would be accepted as such by any physiologist. Do not fear that I'm going to try to teach you physiology. I know I couldn't. Nothing is further from my thoughts. Is it not important? Immensely and interesting. Fascinatingly so, but we are concerned just now with weightier matters, even the God-breathed oracles of scriptures. In the light of the word, we can find divine messages in rocks and trees and in the bodies of men and animals. For the God of the Bible is the God of nature. I am studying human blood in this chapter, viewing it as a feeble shadow representation of the blood of Yeshua, the Messiah, the Lamb of God, by which he washed us and made us kings and priests unto God. The subject is a vast one. I cannot do more than touch upon some outstanding matters in connection with it. A distinguished physiologist, Trevor Heaton, M.D., Oxford University, said, speaking of the human body, at present we can only explore the outer fringes of this extraordinary organization, and as in all scientific discovery, this is all we can hope to do. This is true of the body as a whole, and also of each of its component parts, including the blood. First, what is the blood? As it flows from a wound, it looks like a uniform red liquid, but turn the microscope on it and you find a fluid, the plasma, with solid particles floating in it, some red, some white. These are the corpuscles. The bright scarlet color is due to hemoglobin, the coloring pigment of the red corpuscles. Second, what is its function? What does it do for the body? Literally everything. Everything comes to the body through the agency of the blood. There is a passage in Hebrews 9-7, just three words, not without blood, referring to the precious blood of Yeshua. Sometimes I feel like saying nothing without blood. God has given us all these things richly, but above the entrance to redemption, fullness we read, not without blood. It says without the, the um, shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. To be more specific about human blood, the following may be mentioned among, among its functions. And this I really found, you know, interesting. It's just like, wow, God is so awesome. The removal of waste and carbon dioxide conveying the various ex, ex, excrementious materials to the proper channels of elimination. What a fitting illustration of the cleansing power of the blood of Messiah. How much more shall the blood of Messiah purge? Hebrews 9.14. The blood of Yeshua HaMashiach, his son, cleanses us from all sin. 1 John 1.7. Just as human blood that God put in our body is an agent to cleanse, how much more does the blood of Yeshua cleanse us? 
so important is this function in the natural order that it has been said that nine-tenths of disease is caused by failure in elimination. Well, may the apostle exhort us, having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, 2 Corinthians 7, 1. The blood carries to each cell in the body, there are millions of them, it's necessary food, making a complete circuit of the body in 45 to 50 seconds. Of the blood of Messiah, the word says, except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. My blood is drink indeed, John 6, 53 and 55. It is summed up in the words in Luke 22:20. 20. This is the cup in the New Testament in my blood. Everything God has promised us comes to us through the blood of Messiah Yeshua. See, the blood aids in keeping the temperature of our bodies normal. God wants our spiritual temperature kept normal. Because iniquity shall bound, the love of many shall wax cold. Matthew 24, 12. Because thou art lukewarm, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Revelation 3.16 When Peter followed afar off, he had to warm himself. We are brought nigh by the blood of Messiah. Ephesians 2.13 It brings each cell of the body into to contact with the atmosphere and its life-giving oxygen by means of hemoglobin of the red blood corpuscles. The oxygen brought to the cell sets fire to the waste matter and the ashes are carried off by the blood. In cases of hemorrhage that cannot be arrested, the patient endures unspeakable agony as every cell in the body suffers from air hunger. Never shall I forget some cases of the kind that I had witnessed, nor some cases of God hunger I have seen. What is the remedy in hemorrhage from the blood vessels? Transfusion of blood. When we are hungry for God and cannot find him, what do we need? The blood of Yeshua, which gives us access to his presence. The blood also conveys emergency supplies, hormones, substances manufactured by certain organs for crisis. From the place of manufacture to the organs that have to meet the emergency. For instance, adrenaline made in the little cocked hat-shaped glands situated on the top of the kidneys, the most powerful stimulant, which is said to put the pounce into the lion and the pitron, the strongest restorative known, which is made by the pituary body, a hazelnut-shaped gland on the floor of the skull under the brain are conveyed by the blood in this way. Adrenaline sometimes seems, if we can believe reports, to conquer death for the time being. Of the blood of Messiah Yeshua we read that his death on the cross, he destroyed him that had the power of death, that is, Ha-Satan. So the saints of God can now overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb, Revelation 12:11. Human blood defends the body by actually conquering deadly microbes when they get into circulation. The soldiers of the blood, tiny white corpuscles called leukocytes, stand up and fight them to the death. So the blood of the Lamb overcomes all Satan's power of sin, sickness, and death if we will but believe and use it. We are made priests unto Yahweh, Revelation 1.6. As priests, it is our prerogative to use the blood. It will bring victory every time if we do it in faith. For faith will never let go till Satan is beaten down and under our feet. By its marvelous power of coagulation, the blood stops bleeding 
seals up the wound and starts to repair at the point of injury. So the blood of Yeshua heals our wounds, makes us whole and strong and sound with perfect soundness. The blood continually bathes every cell in the body in tissue lymph. This is their proper atmosphere without which they could not live. The blood of Yeshua brings us into common fellowship with Yahweh, the Father and His Son Yeshua. God said, I will appear in the cloud upon the mercy seat, the place where the blood was sprinkled. I will communion with thee from above the mercy seat. As we study human blood, we realize the truth of the words in Romans 1, 19 and 20. That which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it to them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power, the Godhead. The things that human blood does for us are faint pictures, shadowy representations of which the blood of the God-man, Messiah Yeshua, does for those who have believed in him and have life through his name. I mean, to me, you know, to me that's awesome. I mean, God gives us a picture, you know, uh, in creation of what he does. Amen, Gondolau. You know, even if you cut yourself, you know, within... You know, minutes, the blood is already coagulating and the wound is already starting to heal. I think doctors say that the body, the cells, every seven years, re, you know, reproduce or re, you know, re, um, what? Renew themselves. But they can't figure out, well, if every seven years they renew themselves, why do people die? Because of sin. Because we're, because of the first man, Adam, brought sin into the world which is, and with sin came sickness and disease. Was Adam and Eve ever sick in the garden before they fell? No. They had perfect intelligence. They had walked in perfect health. They probably had 100% use of their brain. You know, if you think of it, think that Adam named all the animals. He wasn't some, you know, Neanderthal walking around like, oh, oh I think I'm called a dog. You know, it's like, no, he was brilliant. He was, you know, again, the first Adam. Well, what the first Adam you know, goofed up, the second Adam bought back. Okay, we're going to again look at some more scriptures. Actually, there's a lot of scriptures, and when you need, I'm going to email these to you, because what you need to do, you need to go in your Bible and underline these scriptures. You need to write them down. I tell you, there's, there's something about writing something down, making your own prayer out of them, and boldly, you know, taking that. That is your vitamin. <laughs> Every day we need to be taking the word and putting it in us. So that when we come to battle, we already have, that word is going to come out of our mouth. You can tell what, you know, where you're at you know, faith-wise when, you when you're in battle. says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Well, you know what's in your heart by what's coming out of your mouth. If your heart is filled with faith and trust in the word, what's going to come out of your mouth? You're going to start speaking what the word says because that's what's in your heart. If you haven't been in the word and you just... You know, read it maybe once a week, occasionally. You know, what comes is going to come out of your mouth? Doubt and unbelief because you have nothing to stand on. You're running on empty. We need to keep our tanks filled. Again, not at the last minute. Okay, oh, I need healing. You need to prepare yourself ahead of time. Again, God has promised us a long life. Why? Because we have a job to do. Hallelujah. Go to Proverbs 4, 20 to 22. 
My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ears to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your sight. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their whole body. Okay, so let's break that down a little bit. So what are we supposed to do? First, we're supposed to be attentive, give, incline our ear to what God is saying. Then we need to be steadfast, keep our eyes upon the word and not let them depart from before our eyes. And then it must be really, let's say tattooed really, upon our heart. So we need to hear, we need to see, and we need to speak it forth and get it in our heart. It says, then it will bring healing to your body. Romans 5.12. I've got a lot of scriptures here, but I'm going to, you know, um, we could always do part two. Hallelujah. Because this is important. Says, My people perish for lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge of, of what the word of God says. What did I say, Romans 5.12? Therefore, just as through one man sin entered into the world, who was that one man? Adam. Sin entered, death entered. Adam had, and me didn't have a clue what death was. Can you imagine what a shocker it was to, to, to feel your body all of a sudden, your spirit, you went from life to death, that you would have to face death? It was never God's will for a man to face death. That's why it's on there. We, it's not, you know, it's, we want to live. We don't want to die. Nobody wants to die because God's created us to want to live and to do what he's called us to do. And praise God, we'll live for eternity. So through one man sin entered into the world and death through sin. Sickness is a result of, of, the, of sin. And the death spread to all men because all sin. So because of what he did, it spread to all men. For until the law of sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam until Moses, even over those who had not sinned in the likeness of the offense of Adam, who was a type of him who was to come. But the free gift is not like the transgression. For if by the transgression of the one the many died, much more did the grace of God and the gift of the grace of the man, Yeshua HaMashiach, abound to the many. Hallelujah. So we can stand, because of Yeshua, we can stand for healing. Because he paid the price for us. He paid the price so we wouldn't have to go to hell, and he paid the price so we could walk in divine health. Hallelujah. And again, God will show you, you know, it, there's nothing wrong. If you need to go to the doctor, go to the doctor. But continually listen to the instructions of the Lord because he may say, you know, I want you to change your diet. I want you to stop eating this and I want you to start doing that. Or he'll lead you to different ways on how to change your life so you can walk in divine healing. God's the one who brought the, put the, the herbs and the healing, you know, herbs on the earth. You know, God's given us that revelation. But ultimately we need to trust in him that he's our healer. We need to trust in him even in the midst of a bad report where the doctor says you have cancer and there's nothing we can do about it. Well, there may be nothing you can do about it, but there's something my God can do about it. Hallelujah. That's where our faith has to be. 
He is our physician. We see that healing is taught in the Tanakh. Now I'm going to show you. I'm actually going to be reading a lot of scriptures, and I'm going to type these all up and give them to you, okay? But this is how you use the scripture in standing in faith. I'm not going to read off all of them, but we're going to see that in the Tanakh and in the apostolic scripture, healing is his will for his children, and it belongs to you. Exodus 15, 25 and 26. And he cried to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree, which he cast into the waters, and the waters were made sweet. There the Lord made for them a statute and an ordinance, and there he proved them, saying, If you will diligently hearken to the voice of Yahweh your God, and will do what is right in his sight. Again, there's something we have to do. We have a responsibility to obey God and do what he says. And obey my commandments and keep all his statutes. I will put none of these diseases upon you, which I brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord, or Yahweh, who heals you. Just as it was, you know, the world can, to, can succumb to all kinds of sickness and disease, but you don't have to if you're walking in his word and trusting him and being obedient. Again, there's something you have to do. So what can our prayer be? I have a covenant with God. I diligently listen, giving my complete attention to his word, and I do what is right in his sight. My ear is open to his voice, and I am prepared to follow his commands. So what do we do? We're taking that scripture and making it our prayer, applying it to us. I have his word that no disease can come upon me, which is brought upon the world, for my God is Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals me. He is the Lord of my health. We make that proclamation. We tell our body. Again, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. You're building up your faith. Okay, and your body, which is created by God, has to listen to the word of God as well. Exodus 30, 12. When you take the census of the children of Israel for their number, then every man shall give a ransom to the Lord when you number them, that, they, that no plague may be among them when you number them. So here again, God's giving them instructions, and upon obedience to those instructions, they will walk free from any plague that would come upon anybody else around them. Again, this isn't a game we're playing. A lot of times, we open the door ourselves to the enemy to attack us because we're not obedient. We're not obedient to, to take care of our bodies. We're not obedient to eat the right things. We're not obedient to serve him and do... You know, but what is the first thing we do? God, why did you let this happen to me? <laughs> you know, God says, what? I already gave you what my word says. If you do this, I will bring healing. But he is forgiving if we truly repent. But again, we have a responsibility. Deuteronomy 7, 14 and 15. You shall be blessed above all peoples. There shall not be a male or female <coughs> barren among you or among your cattle. And the Lord will take away from you all sickness and none of the evil diseases of Egypt. Egypt is a type of the world. So you can say none of the diseases that are attacking the world, which you knew will he put upon you, but he will lay them upon all who hate you. Um, psalm 103, 1 to 18. I love this is a wonderful psalm. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, 
who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeems thy life from destruction, who crowns thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies thy mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Hallelujah. That's a great scripture to stand on. Again, you need to take these scriptures, and these scriptures need to be your prayers. Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. He made known his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust. As for man, his days are as grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourisheth. For the wind passeth over, and it is gone, and the place thereof shall know it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting, upon them that fear him, and his righteousness unto children's children. To such as keep his covenant, and to, no, to those that remember his commandments to do them. Okay? Key. Again, we have to do our part to keep his covenant. We want to see these blessings come upon our children and our grandchildren, then we have a responsibility to walk in obedience to God. Then we will see the manifestation of his promises. Proverbs 4, again, I read this before, 18, 20 to 22. But the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more until the perfect day. My son, attend to my words, incline thy ears into my sayings, let them not depart from their eyes. Keep, again, what do we have to do? We can't let the word part from before our eyes. I mean, we need to be studying the word. Keep them in the midst of our heart. We have to do that, don't we? For they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. God's saying, my word is medicine. Your obedience is going to produce health in your life. So if, if you know, if... If we, you know, become sick or if we don't, you know, receive healing, is it God's fault? No. We say, Father, where did I miss it? I repent. I'm going to do what you, you tell me to do so I can walk this walk and reach other people for you. Hallelujah. We're to glorify God upon the earth. Sickness and disease does not glorify God. Proverbs 12:18. There is that speaketh like the piercing of a sword... But the tongue of the wise is health. We need to watch the words that are coming out of our mouth. We need to speak forth life. Speaking forth life is saying what the word says. Saying what the word says over, you know, over our families, over our jobs, over our bodies, over everything. We need to say what God's word says. Stop speaking evil. Because God is hearing everything we say. Again, we study the Torah. We find out why did the children of Israel, um, things happened to them, you know, sickness came upon them because their words were, were contrary to God. They were speaking against Yahweh. Proverbs 12, 28, In the way of righteousness is life, 
and in its pathway there is no death. Proverbs 14, 29, and 30. He that is slow to wrath is of great understanding, but he that is hasty of spirit exalteth folly. A sound heart is the life of the flesh, but envy the rottenness of the bones. Again, this book, None of These Diseases, this is again uh, from about, uh, Dr. Rosas, who is a believer. He wrote it years ago. And he says that, that most physicians will agree that a lot of sickness and disease is, call, is caused by fear and worry and anxiety, doing everything contrary to what the Word says to do. You know, that it'll, it'll trigger, you know, uh, unforgiveness can trigger arthritis in your body. Okay? Not walking in love, again, can trigger illness and disease in your body. Again, this is a good book, too, to put. I'm going to send you a list of all these books. This is a good book to have in your library. Again, these are you know, old-time old time preachers. Yes, they're believers. They were afraid, <coughs> you know, and they're doing what they were called to do, to teach about Messiah and teach about his promises. And I tell you, these, these old-time preachers, they, they feared God, and they preached the Torah. They preached the Tanakh. Proverbs 15:4. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. Are you depressed? Do you feel a heaviness? What are the words that are coming out of your mouth? It says a perverse tongue will break, will break the spirit, but a wholesome tongue is a tree of life. Proverbs 15.30 The light of the eyes rejoiceth the heart, and a good report maketh the bones fat. <coughs> Yeah, I just want to read something from this book about uh, the atonement. Can find it. Well, here he says, when disease has advanced beyond the power of nature, neither nature nor the physician or even prayer can save the sufferer until he confesses his sins and unless God, for some sovereign purpose of his own, removes the disease. Since disease is a part of the curse, it truly is a, its true remedy must be the cross who can remove the curse but God. It says we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. If you read Deuteronomy 28, the curse came because of disobedience to God. And with the curse was death and poverty and everything that can attack the enemy. Amen. But he's, what he's pointing out is it's that, you know, that God ultimately is the one that heals. Because if God doesn't heal, there's nothing the doctor's going to be able to do. There's nothing the medicine's going to be able to do. Eventually, you'll die before your time. I want to find this one. Um, that's right, that's what I said. Again, in Leviticus 14, 18, we read of the priest making atonement for the cleansing of the leper. If you study Leviticus 14, 15, and 16, it talks about healing for the leper, for the leprous house. If it wasn't God's will for his people to be healed, why did he give a process for healing and restoration? Again, it's in the atonement. It's in the promise of Israel. You need to read it. So that's why we study the Torah. If you study the Torah, you'll understand that. Leviticus 25.9 shows us that no blessing of the year of Jubilee was to be announced by the sounding of the trumpet until the Day of Atonement. On this day, a bullock was slain as a sin offering, and the mercy seat sprinkled with blood. 
No mercy was offered until the blood of the atonement sprinkled the mercy seat, because it would be a judgment seat if not sprinkled with the blood. This teaches us that no mercy or blessing of the gospel is offered to us irrespect of Messiah's atonement. So what does it mean? The blessing comes because of the blood. Yeshua's blood was sprinkled on the mercy seat. His blood is because of his blood we are healed. It's because of his blood we are redeemed. Hallelujah. Again, these things aren't, aren't you know, taught a lot anymore. Every, uh, he calls it Old Testament, but every Tanakh sacrifice or in the Torah had to die and shed blood before the blood was effective. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. Adopt a bloodless religion and you have but a religion of ideas and nothing but a human thrill. There's a lot of, you know, of the new quote, modern churches, they're trying to bypass the, the blood and just give a feel-good religion not based on what Yeshua did or the blood, or repentance and atonement. See that there's seven redemptive names for Yahweh. He is Yahweh Shema, the Lord is there. He is ever-present, says no matter where we are, He is there with us. We can trust Him. When we're going through a hard time, He is there for us. He reveals Himself in His names. He is Yehovah, or Yudhe or Yahweh, however you say it, Shalom, the Lord, our peace. That means in the midst of some of the worst circumstances, you have his peace. Today, I was like, I came here this morning, and I just really, you know, I didn't have peace. I just, I just needed to cry out to God. You know, sometimes you have to have a good cry before the Lord. And I was just crying out before him and just praying and, you know, believing God for healing. And all of a sudden, this peace just came on me. That peace, that assurance that knows that, you know what? I've got you covered. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. I am there with you. It says, casting all your cares upon him. When we're filled with anxiety and care and worry, are we supposed to keep it? No, we're to give it to him. Because by us keeping it, we're saying we don't trust him. But by casting it upon him, it's like, Father, I can't bear this. Because, you know, if you keep that in your heart, it's going to make you sick. It can even cause you to have a stroke or a heart attack. You need to give it to him. Father, I can't carry this burden, but you can. I can't take this stress, but you can take it away from me. He is Jehovah Ra, Ra'ah. The Lord is my shepherd. Hallelujah. The shepherd cares and protects the sheep and beats off the wolves. One part of the rod is to get, keep the sheep together. The other one is to hit the wolf and get him out of the way and to protect them. He is our protector. Why? Because we are his sheep. Jehovah Yireh, the Lord will provide. He provided. He provided. If you look, he became Abraham. He, he provided the sacrifice. When Abraham was willing to, to sacrifice his son, which, you know, he was just, again, showing his covenant faithfulness. God says, no, I'm going to provide. He provided Yeshua for us. He is the one who provided he will provide, it says that he will meet all our needs, not all our wants, our needs according to his riches and glory. He will provide. That's who our Father is. He is Jehovah Nisi. The Lord is our banner, or can be translated victor or captain. He's the one who brings us victory. He is Jehovah Sitkanu. The Lord, our righteousness. 
Why? Because we have become the righteousness of God in Messiah Yeshua. Yeshua made us righteous in him. He is our righteousness. And Yehovah Rapha is translated, I am the Lord, thy physician, or I am the Lord that healeth thee. What better physician than Yahweh? Yeah, God will use natural doctors, okay? But ultimately, you better be believing that you've got the doctor who is in control of everything. He is our doctor. He is our healer. The name is given to reveal to us our redemptive privilege of being healed. This privilege is purchased by the atonement. The redemptive chapter of Isaiah declares, Surely he has borne our sicknesses and carried our pains. For the sake of argument, I have reserved this name for the last. The fact is that the very first covenant God gave after the passage of the Red Sea, which is so distinctly typical of our redemption, was the covenant of healing. It was at this time that God revealed himself as our physician by the first redemptive covenant name, Jehovah Rapha, I am the Lord that healeth thee. This is not only a promise, it's a statute and an ordinance in the Torah. So if you don't think the Torah applies to you anymore, you know what, you're throwing a lot of promises out the door because it's a part of our covenant, part of our atonement in Messiah. And so corresponding to this ancient ordinance, we have in the command of James 5.14 a positive ordinance of healing in Messiah's name. This is a sacred and binding on every uh, congregation today as the ordinances of uh, the Lord's Supper and mikvah or baptism. Jehovah Rapha is one of his redemptive names, sealing the covenant of healing. Messiah, <coughs> during his exaltation, could no more abandon his office as healer that he could abandon the offices of his other six redemptive names. Have any of the blessings that his redemptive names reveal been withdrawn from this better dispensation or covenant? No. They're still in place. So let's look at what, again, what Yeshua did. Matthew 12, 15. But when Yeshua knew it, he withdrew himself from thence, and great multitudes followed them, and he healed them all. Matthew 12:22 Then was brought unto him one possessed with the devil blind and dumb and he healed him insomuch that the blind and dumb both spoke and saw so here we see it was physical healing was his will and deliverance was his will from from demonic oppression Matthew 14:14 14, 14, and Yeshua went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion towards them and he healed their sick if healing wasn't part of the covenant, he wouldn't have healed them. But he was moved towards compassion. Why? Because he knew that sickness comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and it was the work of Hasetan. And he was moved by compassion, and he healed their sick. Matthew 21, 14, Then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. Mark 1.34, then he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons, and he did not allow the demons to speak because they knew him. Mark 1.40-42, and there came a leper to him, beseeching him and kneeling down to him, and saying unto him, If thou wilt, thou can make me clean. And Yeshua moved with compassion, put forth his hand, and touched him and said, I will be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him, and he was cleansed. Luke 17, 19, and he said to him, Arise, go your way, 
your faith has made you well. John 5.14, later Yeshua found him at the temple and said to him, See, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. So here Yeshua is saying if sin is going to bring sickness upon you and worse upon you. So he says, stop sinning and you'll keep your healing. John 9.3, neither this man nor his parents sin, and Yesh said Yeshua, but this happened so that the work of Yahweh may be displayed in his life. Acts 3.6, and Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give to you in the name of Yeshua, Messiah of Nazareth, walk. Again, was it only the Father's will for Peter to operate in that? No, it was God's will for every believer to operate in that. And who was Peter de de dealing with? He was dealing with covenant uh, people, people of Israel. Hallelujah. Acts 3.16, faith in Yeshua's name, put this man, whose condition you know so well, on his feet. Yes, faith and nothing but faith, put this man healed and whole right before your eyes. Why? Because of the name of Yeshua. Again, I've got a bunch. I'm going to send these scriptures to you. But what you do then is you take these scriptures and you make them your prayer. That goes for anything you're believing God for in your life. You need you find the promises. Um, we've already given you on, on the website. There's a, a, a scripture, a book filled with scriptures for deliverance, for healing, for believing God for your kids, for praying for your family. It's all scripture. Okay. This way you're not allowing yourself to pray unbelief. You're agreeing with what God, God's word says. And you also need to listen to the Rock HaKodesh because he will, you know, he may say, you know what, I want you to stop eating this way. You know, you need to start changing your lifestyle. You need to do some things to keep your body health, healthy. Again, we've got a responsibility too. I'm going to share something else before I end here. I've got a lot more to share because this is something that is, again, so important, that God's people walk in health. So many scriptures. So here, here's, a, uh, again, a way you can take, let's say, Psalm 103, for example, make it into a prayer. I stir up my inner man to praise the name of Yahweh. My soul and all that is within me shall praise him. I will not forget all that God has done for me, all that he has for me, and all that he is doing in my life. He has forgiven me of all my sins and healed me of every possible disease. Again, you're agreeing with what the Word of God says. And you're proclaiming it. You're proclaiming it in the face of Hasetan and all his demons. You're proclaiming it to the angels because the angels are watching over his Word. The angels only listen to the Word of God. They don't listen to complaints. They heed the Word of God only. And you are proclaiming it before the throne of grace that your faith is in him. He satisfies my every desire with good things so my youth is renewed within me and that I may soar into this life like an eagle on the wing. He works his justice on my behalf and he has made me to be the righteousness of God and Messiah Yeshua forevermore. 
He makes all of his ways known to me. In any given moment, whatever the circumstance may be, I can expect his boundless favor and unconditional flood of compassion. He is always reaching out to me with his love, and his wrath has been removed from me for all time. All that he does for me is good, so that I may be a partaker of his holiness. He does not punish me like my sins deserve, or repay me according to the evil things that I have done. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for me. As far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed all my sins from me. They will never be brought up again. When I watch a loving father enjoying and delighting in his child, I see a shining example of the way my heavenly father enjoys and delights in me. His compassion for me is beyond definition. Again, he is our heavenly father. All we have to see is, okay, put our selves, you know, in the, say, you know, how we would treat our kids. Would we want any horrible thing to, to you know, to fall our kids? No. We want them to be safe. We want them to be protected. We want them to grow up and be blessed and be successful and to, you know, do even better than we have done in our life. You know, learn from our mistakes so they don't have to go through, you know, the things that we went through because of our ignorance. You know, that's our desire as, as natural parents who have, still have a sinful nature. How much more does our Heavenly Father want to see His children in divine health? But we need to believe what His Word says. Again, you need to take, I'm going to send you these scriptures. First thing you do is you need to write them down. You know, there's something about writing it down physically. And then putting your name in it. You know, this applies to me. This is your promise to me, Father. This is my medicine to my body. What glorifies the Father more than somebody being miraculously healed and that give him the glory for it? You know, it's <laughs> the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Yeshua says, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Hallelujah. He redeemed us from the curse of the law. If you don't know what the curse of the law is, read Deuteronomy 28. In the beginning are the blessings. Okay, if you walk in obedience to me, I'm going to bless you in every area of your life. But if you reject me and choose to serve Hasetan and serve the world and the gods of this world, this is what's going to happen. You're going to be sick. You're going to be in poverty. Your, your children are going to be you know, affected. You're going to, you know, everything you touch is going to be cursed. But if you obey me, you're going to be blessed. God wants to bless his children. Okay? Um, again, blessings based, you know, based upon the word of God. Not a selfish, well, I want a Mercedes. No, God will bless you with a car that, that is safe. There. It's a safe car that's an affordable car you know, that will keep you safe on the street. He'll bless you with a roof over your head. Maybe you won't get a mansion. But you know what? If there's only two or three in your house, what do you need with a mansion unless you're going to use it to help the homeless Amen. or have people come in? If you've got the right motive and you've got the right reason to have a mansion, he will bless you with one if your reason is to help other people. But if your reason is you just want to keep up with the Joneses or you want to, you know, impress people, uh-uh. That prayer is not going to be answered. God wants to bless, again, your, your children. God wants to give you wisdom. You know, the wisdom he gives us is something that, you know, a college degree, yeah, has its advantage. There's things you could learn in the natural, but it's nothing compared to the wisdom of Yah. 
when you're in a situation and you need an answer and you no, don't know what to do, and he gives you his wisdom, that is, you know, more, more worth than any piece of paper. God says he'll give you divine favor. It doesn't matter how many people may have, you know, say you're in your job. I'll give you an example, okay? I worked for a Fortune 500 company. When I, um, because of my stupidness of my youth, I really didn't care about education, you know. But God, so when I came to him, I had to learn a lot of things over again the hard way. I had to, you know, learn. I mean, I had, when I was a beautician, I had a business, I had a successful business, but I had to get out of it because um, it was just affecting my hand, but God healed that. Hallelujah. But he put me, again, I had to, I had to learn how to, to, to type, to use a computer, to everything. Well, God just, you know, kept on giving me favor. Well, I ended up working for a Fortune 500 company, okay? And I was just, you know, one of the account reps in the company. But God gave me favor and put me in management. I would sit in meetings with people in, that were in upper management and think, what am I doing here? I mean, this is God. I had no, they didn't put me there because they looked at my resume and says, wow, she's got a degree in business. Yeah, it would have been helpful. But because God gave me wisdom, because I was a team worker, they made me a team leader because I was willing to do what they wanted me to do. God gave me favor and put me in a management position. Nothing that I was seeking for, a management position in a Fortune 500 company. That is God's favor. You know, again, and I would sit in on these meetings, and it just like, it was just like, they all knew what was going on in my head. You know, <laughs> it'd be like, all these executives, and here's, you know, here's me sitting in this meeting, and I'm like, wow, Father. And then they give you an assignment. You are. And you know what, because of God, you'd be able to carry right. them out. I, I had, saw her bring stuff home that it was just amazing. I mean, I had favor with the, the CEO that, that we were working with because I would do reports and put these reports together. I just taught myself. I learned how to do these things. But that's the ability God will get you. Yeah, and education is important. But when you're serving him, I mean, he's going to give you favor and he's going to give you ability. And he's going to, because I tell you, if you work for a Fortune 500 company, I mean, it is like dog eat dog. You know, they're all clawing to get to the top. I could care less. I was happy in my little cube. Doing, you know, oh, can you do this for me? Okay, I can do this. Can you do, can you do this report? Yeah, I can do this. You know, just being willing to do it, and before you know it, this is, you know, guess what? We want you to be one of the uh, vice presidents. Says we want you to be team leader. You know, because we just see really. I mean, that's God. Why? Because we walk in divine favor because we're his child. And God causes us to have favor with the people that we work with wherever we go. When we are serving him and when we put him first place, he gives us favor and he will promote us. Promotion comes from the Lord. Whoever we work for is blessed too. Amen. And you don't want a promotion if it's not from God because it may be your worst nightmare. <laughs> you know? But if you trust him, he will promote you and he will give you favor. He is our Father who loves us. You know, it's like, you know, uh, young people, it's like, you know, I just look at, you know, I look back. God took, you know, the wasted years and redeemed them back. Because I wasted a lot of my years. I wasted the time when I was your age that I could have used that to be more productive. But when I gave my life to Messiah, he redeemed back all those wasted years and gave me the ability, same thing on our website, God, I didn't know how to do a website from anything. God showed me how to do it. And I learned how to do it. And people look at our website and they go, wow, who did your website? I didn't. You know, how did you do that? God showed me. 
Yeah, he will. He will give you wisdom. He, you know, he is our father. When we walk in obedience to him, there is nothing we can't do that he's called us to do. As long as we trust him and say, yes, Father, let your will be done through me on this earth. And with a long life, then, he will satisfy you. And when the enemy comes to try to attack you with sickness and disease, you can stand on the word, just like Yeshua said, it is written, Satan. I have a covenant, and that covenant is sealed by the blood of Yeshua, my Messiah. By his stripes, I am healed. He said with a long life, he will satisfy me. He said he gave me promises in his word that he took my, his, you know, my sicknesses and my diseases upon him. You don't have to put up with mental illness. You don't have to put up with depression and anxiety and all the garbage the enemy is trying to use to rob you of your health. Those things will rob you of your health. It says we're to cast all our cares upon him for he cares for us. He can take a marriage that's fallen apart and put it back together if we are, if we are willing to do it and work at it. Oh, he will take, you know, it says what the enemy meant for bad, God can turn around for good. It doesn't matter what comes across your path. God can take the wayward child and bring him home. We're all standing for our kids to come home. I know, and I go, I thank, every, thank you, Father, that our son is called to preach the gospel. Amen. He is called. I know that. God has given him a gift. He's very, I mean, he's already doing way exceeding. He graduated with honors from DePaul University. I mean, he is doing exceedingly abundantly beyond what, you know, we did in our life. But he's going to do greater things, because the greater things he's going to do is for the kingdom of God. And I'm standing on his promises, and it doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter if he says, well, I don't believe the way you believe. It's like, I don't care. That seed's been sown in your heart. Amen. He even told me one time, he says, uh, he goes, Mom, I can't even get into trouble because I hear your voice. Oh, <laughs> <you know? laughs> and it's like that voice is like warning him when he was young. This is what the word says. But see, that word does not return void. You know, no, in the natural, he's not serving God, but our children will, will serve yes. God. Hallelujah. Yes. Because we're yes. praying yet. So I said, yeah, okay. But our faith is in his word that he will send laborers across our kids' path. He will take that seed that's been planted in their heart when they were young, and it'll, it'll start bringing conviction to them. I knew because my grandmother, the word she put in my heart, even when I was out in the world, I didn't enjoy it because that scripture was already in there, and I knew what I was doing was wrong. Why? Because that seed was planted in my heart as a young child. So, you know, I may have been a sinner, but I didn't enjoy it because why? The conviction was there. Until so finally, I had, even though she had gone to be with the Lord, her prayers were still working in my life. You know, the, the prayers of a righteous man availeth much. So if we're going to pray for one another, I send you, we, you know, if you're not on our email list, get it, we send you out prayer requests. We give you tools so you can pray the word for one another. We need to pray what the word says for one another. Okay, if you're not going to be in agreement with what the word says, then, don't, then don't, you're better off not saying anything. But we need to lift one another up and we give, give prayer because, Father, I thank you that you are at work, you know, bringing the manifestation of your healing, bringing the restoration to this family, giving this person this job. We agree upon your word. We may not have to be together all in one room, but when we are praying those prayers, again, we've got a book, it's online, it's all scriptures. We're praying the same thing for one another. We are, we've already seen mighty manifestations of God in our lives, haven't we? Yes. Hallelujah. 
And that's because of faith in his word. Those are, again, Torah promises. And part of his Torah promises, promises of his whole, from Genesis to Revelation, he has promised us healing, deliverance, soundness. Why? Because he says, with long life, I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. Why? Because you're my child and you belong to me. Because you've got a job to do. You know, how is the truth going to be preached if there's nobody here to preach it? You know, he needs his people here to do what the Word of God says. And if you're, you know, if you need healing, then we're going to stand in agreement and pray in the Word. And you need to pray the Word too. Because it's not going to do any good if we're praying the Word over you and you're saying, oh, you know, I'm not going to be healed. I'm sick. Because you're counteracting what the Word is saying. We need to be in agreement. To be in agreement is to agree what the Word of God says. And in his timing, again, his timing, he will bring the answer. There's some things that we've had to stand for 10 years or more for. But in his timing, he answered it perfectly, just the way it should have been answered. And that goes for believing God for a mate. I prayed this, the word over, you know, 10 years when I was single. Um, I was a singles minister. I ministered to singles for five years. I didn't date anybody. We did everything in groups. We didn't go out alone on dates. We did everything in groups. And I prayed for, you know, this is before I, I says, you know, Father, this is what I want in a husband. Not looks, you know, yeah, I want him to look like, you know, this movie star, and, you know, I want him to be a millionaire, and, you know. No, I wanted spiritual. I says, I want him to love me as Christ loves the church. I want him to be a man that would support what you have called me to do. That, you know, I want a man that's going to love you with all his heart and all his soul and all his mind. Uh, Taylor Hudson, he was an old-time missionary. His wife told him, his, before he married her, she told him, if you love me more than Messiah, you're not worthy of me. Amen. I wanted a man that loved God more than he loved me. Because if he loves God more than he loves me, he will take care of me. Again, they were spiritual, spiritual things. Because those are more important. Because you know what? Our looks eventually go away. You know? It's like, even if you can afford plastic surgery, you can only have so much plastic surgery before you start looking like a plastic doll, you know, if you look at some of these people. You want somebody to love you for the inner person who you are, not for what you look like. Because you know what? Beauty fades. Amen. Where it says, if you we're all, I don't care how, you, I, we, I, we can all bring pictures of ourselves when we were young and say, wow, man, you were really good looking. <laughs> but you know what? That inner beauty never goes away. That inner beauty never gets wrinkled. That inner beauty glows from within. You know, and, that's, and we prayed, and he was praying for me at the same time. He wanted a virtuous woman. He was praying Proverbs 31. Hallelujah. And so I tell the singles, don't, don't accept anything less than the best that God has for you. You know, and that's in every area of your life. Do not accept anything less than the best that God has for your life. And don't accept, you know, a, a, a torn apart family because that's not God's best for your life. Don't accept sickness and disease in your life because that's not his best. Don't accept that your kids are just, well, you know, they're just away from God and they're never going to come to him. That's a lie. That's right. We have to be tough in our faith in him and proclaim what the word of God says in him. And that's when we'll see lives changed. I'm believing God that this place is going to be filled up with our family members. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm praying that when we, uh, again, we're praying for ideas. Father, how should we reach Chicago? Again, when we do something, we seek the Father's wisdom, and he gives it to us. And we see having a hover, a little 
fellowship groups that we could teach the Torah, the word to people that we know and eventually get them in here. You know, there's so many ways, but we have to be faithless. As if you are faithful and obedient, you will eat the fat of the land. God is looking for faithful and obedient people that are willing to say, Father, whatever you've called me to do, I do. I lay my life down. I lay my life down and my desires, the things that I think I want, because you know what? You've got better plans for me. You've said, he said he would do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think. He says, if you delight in me, I will give you the desires of your heart. He'll put those desires in your heart. And he'll just bless you just because he loves you. He's done that for us so many times. Why? Because if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, Matthew 6.33, all things will be added unto you. We need to seek his kingdom and his righteousness first. If you are putting it last, then you're not going to see the promises. If it's just a second thought of what God wants you to do, you're not going to work in the blessings or promises. But we need to seek his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing things, live the way he says we're to live, do what he says we're to do, and we will see his promises. We will see healing. We will see deliverance. We will have the joy of the Lord. The word says the joy of the Lord is our strength. When you're depressed, it zaps you with strength, doesn't it? The joy of the Lord is your strength. We are to praise him, offer that sacrifice of praise in the midst of adversity. Why? Because we trust him. You know, Father, I know, look at Joseph, the life of Joseph. You want to get blessed? Study Joseph's life. Wow, talk about adversity. Talk about facing death, being rejected, you know, <laughs> being falsely accused. Yet God, he put his faith and trust in God all the way, did not compromise, and God made him second in command to Pharaoh. That, why? Because he refused to compromise as a young man. He was a young man when he went into captivity. He was only probably about 15 years old. But what? A, that's why we're to study Torah. I said nothing, you know, and why? He's a type of Messiah. Messiah who was rejected by his brethren. Messiah who, who you know, died and paid our price, laid down his life for us, even though, you know, that many rejected him. And he is seated at the right hand of the Father. Again, Joseph is a picture of Messiah, the suffering Messiah. We need to never take this word for granted. You know, this congregation is a congregation that's led by the Ruach. So don't expect every week everything's going to be the same. Because we do what the Ruach wants us to do. Why? Because you are more important than me doing what I want to do. That's why I'm teaching a healing and prayer. Because the Father showed us this is a place where the enemy is trying to rip us off. But he's a liar. Amen. Hallelujah. And I'll give you, again, um, I'm going to send you these resources. I'm not done here because this is so important. You may think, well, I'm not sick now. You know, what do, what do I care about healing? You know, it's like you need, to, you need to be prepared ahead of time to stand. And how are you going to pray in faith for somebody else if you don't believe it's God's will to heal, to heal them? You know, if you don't believe, you need to be, you need to believe God's word if you're going to pray successfully for somebody. When we were praying for little Gamaliel, we were praying for his healing, not Father, if it be thy will. No, he is totally healed in the name of Yeshua, Satan, you get your hands off of him, you take that virus off his body, and you bring healing to him. And God healed him. Yeah, maybe you've used doctors, God's still the healer. That's right. Doctors are a vessel, ultimately God's the healer. And that goes for all of our children. We need to pray God's protection over our kids every single day. 
We need to pray that, that they will serve, you know, that they will come into a relationship with God themselves and realize that it's a blessing to serve him. Like I said, we wasted, we, we wasted so many years, but God redeemed those years back. God will redeem the years back, you know, that the enemy. I think, um, let's go to, I love this scripture. Uh, let's yeah, it's, um, let me find it. Habakkuk. I'm going to end with this. Chapter 3, beginning with um, verse 17. Powerful prayer to pray in the midst of adversity. Though the fig tree should not blossom, and there be no fruit on the vines, though the yield of the olive should fail, and the fields produce no food, though the flock should be cut off from the fold, and there be no cattle in the stalls, yet I will exalt in the Lord. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. Yahweh Elohim is my strength, and he has made my feet like hinds feet, and makes me to walk on high places. Again, this is his confession, his prayer in the midst of adversity. He says, even though it looks like my business is failing, the crops aren't, you know, aren't, aren't yielding, yet I am going to rejoice in God. You know, the word said about Joseph, you know, Joseph said to his brothers when, you know, they repented of all they did. He says, you know what? He says, what the enemy meant for bad, God turned around for good. You know, God, you know, Joseph realized his brothers were just a, a, a vessel, a tool to get Joseph where he needed to be. But how many of us would have been bitter and walked away from God if we went through what Joseph went through? But he didn't. He kept his faith in Yahweh. And he didn't have the scriptures like this. Again, this was before God even gave the Torah. He had, but he had that faith of Abraham was passed down to him, and he knew who his Redeemer was, even in the midst of ad adversity. Alvina Mokano, our Father, our King. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Father, that you are watching over your word to perform it. Father, we thank you that healing belongs to your children. But, Father, I pray now if there's anyone here that doesn't have a personal relationship with you, that has not repented of their sins, and bowed their knees to Yeshua HaMashiach, the Messiah, that they would do that today. Number one, so their life can be redeemed from the pit, Father. Father, so that they would not, Father, suffer um, the anguishes of hell that Yeshua already redeemed them from, so that they can walk in your blessings, Father. And, and Father, behold your salvation. Father, we thank you that your word says that whoever believes in their heart that God raised Yeshua from the dead, and confesses with their mouth, Yeshua as Lord, as master of their life, they will be saved. That means repenting and turning your whole life over to him. And letting him be the master of your life. You can, again, you need the key is you need to repent. You need to walk, believe that Yeshua took your place. And that in him you have been redeemed. And you have been set free. And then going therefore, walking totally in submission to him every the rest of the days of your life. If you, if you want to do that, we'll hear and we'll pray in agreement for you and see your life transformed in Yeshua because you'll see your life turn around. It's not about a religion. 
It's not about, it's about relationship. It's about having a personal relationship with him. God could care less if you're Catholic or Baptist or Methodist. He cares, do you have a relationship with my son? When we stand before him, he's not going to ask us, what religion did you belong to? He's going to say, is your, book, is your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life? Did you put your faith and trust in him and become a part of Israel, my redeemed? Hallelujah. And usually I don't do this, but I just feel if you, you know, you want to totally give your life to him. You haven't really, you've been wishy-washy. You know, you've walked in a religion, but not a relationship. It's about relationship. You know, we've all been brought up in some kind of religion, but it didn't redeem us. It was only when we came into relationship with Messiah that we were redeemed and our life was changed. And he accepts us just as we are, no matter how young we are, no matter how old we are. Hallelujah. So if you want to now, just come up and we'll, just, we'll pray for you. Um, hallelujah, because God only has the best for each and every one of you. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father. All right, I'm just going to assume that everybody is born again. Hallelujah, and knows Yeshua. Praise you, Father. I tell you, there's something about the act of faith and standing up and come forward. You're telling God that you mean business with him. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father. Father, I just thank you that this is a day that you have made. Father, I thank you that our fellowship going forward, Father, will bring glory and honor to you, Father. I thank you that if anybody needs healing here, Father, I thank you that we're healed, Father, by the blood of the Lamb, Father, and the word of our testimony and the confession of our faith and trust in you. Thank you that you are our healer. You are our physician. And, Father, we just pray blessings, Father, upon every person here, Father. We thank you that you bless them financially. You bless their marriages. You bless their children. You bless them with favor, Father, because they belong to you, and they are your children, Father, in Yeshua's name. You want to play the ironic blessing? Hallelujah. You want to stand up? Amen. Hallelujah. Praise you, Yahweh. Yivarechecha Adonai v'yishmerecha Ya'er Adonai panavelecha v'yehuneka Yisra Adonai panavelecha v'yasem lecha Yishmerecha, Yair Adonai Panavelecha, Vayasir. 